Welcome to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West, dedicated to the principle that America was better off when our TV shows featured cowboys instead of lawyers. You're darn tootin', as uh, Mr. Hayes would say. Yeah, you're tootin'. We can form up a, a vigilante posse and string up all them lawyers. There you go. Welcome to another, it's Saturday, welcome to another edition of Emil Francie's Voices of the West. I'm Harry Alexander, Bunker to Francis uh-huh. here. Todd Roberts in Los Angeles. And today, Howdy, howdy. Howdy, howdy. And today's program, if you saw the Facebook posting, it's um, open range today. Open range. Or as I put it on the uh, on the website, uh, no topic for old men. Mm-hmm. You know, so thank the fetching Mrs. It's Alexander about, for that uh, title. Uh, uh, it, it, we're about as open as our minds can be, which is kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> Careful like a dark canyon. Careful now. We don't want stuff falling out. <clears throat> before we get you know, to... Tribble coming out by you. <laughs> before we get to talking about whatever the hell it is we're going to talk about, uh, we got some housekeeping to do here. Coming up next month on the 5th of August at 4.30 p.m. is the NRA Foundation's Dinner here in Tucson. Tucson Friends of NRA. Uh you know, you, you know what it, the NRA is all about. Shooting sports traditions are at risk. Of course they are mm-hmm. because of, well, you, you fill in the blank. You know why. But um, Can I add a few yeah, nasty but, words to well, the, the blank? Okay, go ahead. Uh, uh, snaggle frack <laughs> and yeah, fudge nut. Anyway, keepers. it is the Friends of NRA 2023 dinner. One team, one voice, and one vision. You'll see there'll be a dinner, the auctions, rallies, and bunches of family fun while supporting the shooting sports and ensuring the survival of Second Amendment traditions for generations to come, which is one of the most important things that must happen. To find out more, go to this website, friendsofnra.org slash az, friendsofnra.org slash az. And you well, know, and you know the dinner is going to be good. Yes, well, of course. And just as a footnote for that, the NRA does wonderful, magnificent work educating young people yep. on how to use firearms safely, responsibly. Uh, they have hunting programs. It's 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 and it's they have stuff for the whole family. I remember growing up that. Uh, I went to an NRA-funded uh, thing, and it was with Cub Scouts, I think, and they were teaching us all kinds of neat stuff. Oh, yeah. You know, in the high school that I went to here in Tucson, you, uh, no, we didn't have them there. We had a shooting team, but yeah. uh, the, my one of my friends uh, who lived in, uh, went to another high school, they had a shooting range in the basement of their high school. Yeah. That's all closed now because everybody's afraid of all that stuff. And, you know, just another footnote to that, too, is that a lot of the young people that go off to the Olympics yeah. have come out of the NRA shooting program. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So uh, it's a good organization, as are all of the organizations mm-hmm. that support the Second Amendment. And uh, we just happen to have the info on this one, so... Yeah, there we go. Okay, well, this is just another reminder that the National Day of the Cowboy is coming up on Saturday, July 22nd. 
And it's a great opportunity to put on your boots, your hats. If you feel like it, throw on a pair of spurs. Leave your, leave your shooting iron at home because that makes people <laughs> nervous. I mean, wear it if you want to. That doesn't bother me. But anyhow, uh, they'll be celebrating it out at the historic Empire Ranch, which is out on the Hacienda uh, National Grasslands, just uh, a few miles north of Sonoida. Uh, it's just a few miles, three miles back in off of Highway 83. There's going to be uh, docent tours, uh, vendors, demonstrations. Uh, the trail, I'm pretty sure that the trail rides are all booked up, but if you want you want information about the trail rides or anything else about this, go to www.EmpireRanchFoundation.org and they can fill you in with other stuff. Two things about that. Um, don't squat with your spurs on. Yeah. And a, se- a second, um, can I wear spurs while wearing shorts? Sure. I've seen, I've seen, really? you know, it's it's kind of spooky to see I, a cowboy think? in shorts and boots, but, I think so. it, but it's happened, it's okay. happened. All right, no, you know, I ain't going to go there. Generally, it's when they're playing golf, <laughs> but that's okay. Using the spurs to kick that yeah. little ball little, in there. Little, little ankle action there. Nobody's looking, oh, look, that was a hole in one. Well, I got one more here. Uh, this is coming up again. This is at the Empire Ranch, and it's uh, on the Saturday, September third, twenty third. Excuse me, at the end of the month. It starts at seven p.m., which is sundown about that time of year. In fact, it's maybe a little past that. But they're going to have a like they have been doing a free outdoor screening of Night of the Lupus, or Lupus, or Lupus, Lupus, Lupus. Anyhow, they're going to have a screening of that. Uh, Bring your own seating and blankets. It's free. They will have popcorn out there that you can buy yourself a bag of popcorn. The gift shop will be open. Uh, it's rumored that I worked on it and that I that I will be there. I'll be there. <laughs> but you didn't work on it. No, I did. Oh, okay, actually, I did. It's rumored yeah. that you worked on it. But you know, I, I mean, this this movie is somewhere between uh, Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. And uh, Woods uh, Dracula thing, you know. Uh, I mean, it's, it's heavy. It's heavy. It's heavy sci-fi. Yeah. Ooh. And you don't even remember what you did on that. Yes, show. I do. Okay, actually. good, good. We're, will we see you if we watch the oh, movie? Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on, I'm on camera. Okay. I'm, right. I'm young though. God, am I young? <laughs> That's scary. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Today's uh, topic is uh, open range, man. Uh, You know, summertime, it's difficult most times to get guests. Uh, We do have another guest. We do have a guest coming up later in the month, Bobby Carradine. Good guest. Good guest, Bobby Carradine. Um, And, um, but otherwise, it's generally difficult to snag people uh, in the summertime. They're out on vacation or. Too hot, or yeah, they're in the ice box, not drinking Bud Light, throwing away their Bud Light. Um, Bud so, what? But yeah, um, so uh, that's kind of why we do these things, and you know, it's just fun to sit here and shoot the breeze with uh, Bunker and Todd and uh, see what comes up. Yeah, sometimes you know you listen. You listen to most talk radio, and what do you get? You get these guys that are real serious, telling you what to do, how to think, and what to do with your life. Mm-hmm. We don't care. 
Do whatever you want to do. As long know. as it doesn't impose upon us. Yeah, okay. <laughs> if, you, if it does, look out there. Look out there. Look out there. The right. pack. Who wants to start? Oh, Todd. Let's Todd. let Todd. Todd. We never let him start. Let him start. Pick a topic, well, my friend. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the pressure's no, on. Uh, <laughs> yes, it He's sure speechless. is. He just sure did a voiceover um, thing, and he's I, speechless. I, yeah. Uh, uh, it was easier to do the voiceover with Nola. <laughs> I could look through the window of the, of the recording room and see her. You like and script. she kept looking at me, giving me a thumbs up and yeah. going, Oh, yeah. Well, we're, we're giving you a thumbs up right, right now. You Here just can't yeah, see and it. she would, and I, and she would, she would uh, lip sync to me. Uh huh. You're in a lot of trouble. <laughs> and I, would, I kept looking at her, going, "What is she saying? I don't understand. What is it?" Um, I, I guess I just wanna, um, I wanna, you know, it's funny that we talked about the NRA and the dinner and all that, and I just. I, I I don't want to get political today, but you know I am it's going to show. say that it's our show, and um, you know years and years ago, uh, the number of people that uh, defended themselves in their homes or their businesses with a firearm, not necessarily meaning to fire it, but to at least have it and show it to the air possible assailant was in the number so many of them used them but it was in the number of about 800,000 mm-hmm. that number uh, then jumped in uh, the two late two thousand you know 2010 2000 uh, in within the last decade um, to over a million mm-hmm. uh, closer to a million one and um, with today's crime uh, in Los Angeles, it's up over 40%. Jeez. In New York City, it's over 40%. That is a, that's a, that's a, an amalgamation, a conglomeration of crime numbers. That is uh, uh, armed robberies, that is physical assaults, that's sexual assaults, and that's murders. Well, let me interrupt um, you there. Let, let me interrupt you there. Last week, there were uh, 10 shootings recorded in Tucson. That's, that's like well, unheard that's, of. Well, I've heard of ridiculous. You know, it's uh, ridiculous. The, you know, the uh, Justice Department did a study. Uh, a couple of other government agencies did a study, verifying what Todd was just saying. Mm-hmm. They never, they never admit it, and they never publicize it. But this is a, this is a statistic. The number one, you know, a, a violent, violent uh, crime, death, is. Assault with hands, feet, kicking. Sure. Number two is knives. Number three is guns. Yeah. Well, yeah. You know, so, so let's ban, let's ban arms and legs. Yeah, you know? let's not ban a damn thing and, and learn to live with well, what we got, right? And defend yourself. And defend yourself, for Christ's sake. And it's also important to remember that uh, items, in a, uh, items in a toolbox are used just as often there you go. as a firearm. Yep. Uh, you're right, Harry. Knives are number one. No, but that, they are the assault uh, hand, hands and feet, physical assault. Yeah. That's number one. And then knives are number two. Number two. And, mm-hmm. you know, as the great Don Norris, the great knife maker, used to say to me all the time when he would set up his booth at a knife show, he'd, 
he'd take a, open up a box of Band-Aids and he would just shake them out all over the table, all over the knives. And you'd get all these little kids that would walk up, you know, sometimes with dad and sometimes with mom and dad. And, you know, uh, as all boys are, sometimes girls, but mainly boys are just inquisitive and destructive as they are. It's That's our job. traits. So, yeah, um, blowing stuff up and then lighting it on fire. And um, there's a problem with that. <laughs> yeah, I, it's probably my favorite thing in the world to do. But uh, and event, you know, inevitably, I'd sit there at the booth, and Don and I would sit and talk, and I'd go get lunch, and you know, and these kids would come strolling by, and it, and you know, he would have the the band aids sprinkled all over the table, but other people, other knife makers, would have on their table a couple little tiny signs little cards that were folded in half that said, knives are sharp, touch at your own risk. And so he wouldn't put that sign out. So these little kids would come walking up and go, Is that uh, sharp? Uh, excuse me, uh, uh, why, why do you have the band-aids all over the table? And sometimes it was the mothers, you know. And he'd say, well, um, I'm expecting Todd Roberts. <laughs> yeah. Inevitably, one of those kids would reach out and go for that knife, and he'd always say, uh, I put those there for the mothers who aren't quick enough to reach in front of the child. Yeah. <laughs> and she'd say, Well, what do you mean? He'd say, Well, all the knives on this table are very sharp, they're ready to go. And, uh, They'd always look, not always, but a lot of them would look at him and go, well, why do you have your knives so sharp? And he'd say, madam, oh, God. <laughs> two things you need to remember. My knives are always sharp, number one, and number two, a knife is always loaded. Oh, Jesus. And they'd look at him, you know, they'd kind of uh, tilt their head and yeah. kind of squint their eye uh -huh. and go, is he making fun of me or am I supposed to understand something? And then they would walk on, and inevitably Don would always look at me, he'd always say, Todd, I guarantee you, the qu it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. Is some little nose picker going to bloody his fingers on these yep. knives before yep. lunch or after lunch? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, it's, it's the other thing, too. It's, like, it's the old saying, you know, you're more likely to hurt yourself with a dull knife than a sharp knife. For sure. And how this all relates to the Old West, well, they back knives. Tell you, they back knives. Uh, the firearm was a tool, mm -hmm. contrary to what Hollywood wants to tell us. Um, I don't... I, I don't have numbers, so I'm going to grab at straws on that. Yeah, grab at straws on that. But I don't think there was any... I, I, we know there was a lot of violence in the Old West, but I don't think there was half the violence that was said there was. There wasn't. There, you know, well, I think it was even, depending even the on the town. towns were... Yeah, I think it was... It was depending on the town. Yeah. yeah. You know, uh, you, you had lawmen in there who uh, may or may not have read the Constitution and understand what the law is. Uh, but, but then then again, you know, you've always got somebody in there who wants to test oh, it. We're yeah, on the air. We're on the air now. That <laughs> during the sign-on. So, um, you know, well, I, only I just to make your oh, Only to make your point, Harry, is the fact, if you remember the true story, which was a TV show, of uh, police, New York police uh, 
uh, officer, a beat cop by the name of Toma. Yes. T-O-M-A. Yes. He was a policeman for 18 years on the streets of New York, the toughest city in the world. And in the first 18 years, he never drew his weapon from his holster. Mm-hmm. Now, in the last two or three years of his years on the force, he had to. Yep. But he still never fired his weapon, ever, one time, the whole time he was there. I know a lot so, of police officers you know, like here you said, like that. It's overly exemplified in Hollywood. Uh, they love to do that. Well, I yeah. want to give you an example, though, about okay. knives. I was down at the rec center where I spend a lot of time, and they've got the signs up there, no weapons and all that. And... I'm in. I'm in the breakfast nook, and I'm in there. I'm open. I've got my mail, so I'm opening it with my pocket knife. And one of the uh, staff there comes by, and he says, uh, "What's your knife?" I said, "Yeah," <laughs> because you, you know the signs about weapons. I said, "I said, let me let me tell you something about this particular, not this particular knife, but knives in particular. I'm, I'll soon be 83 years old. I've carried a knife." For over 75 years. I've never once used it as a weapon, but I've always used it as a tool. As far as I'm concerned, it's a tool. He says, you know, you're right. Imagine that. Unfortunately, when uh, I was visiting Todd last last year, I guess, and on his birthday, and Nola took us to uh, Disneyland, I had my Leatherman tool on my belt, and they were complaining at the entrance to Disneyland about my Leatherman tool, saying that's a knife and it's a weapon. I said it's a tool. No, that's a knife. It's a weapon. To make a long story short, Nola took it back to the car. But the yeah. point of the matter is, it's really freaking stupid the way some of these people well, respond. And on that note, we've got to do our first already com- already do our Man. first commercial break. It's open range here on uh, Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Streaming to you from the White Stallion Ranch. We'll be right back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the Hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. 
Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I Miss Wilkinson is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tanker Verde in Tucson. 520-777-1911. Watch Old West silent movies anytime at voicesofthewest.net. All right, listeners, you like westerns, right? I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. We have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. We even heard you sent for a marshal. You know, that was right careless of you. We're cleaning up this town, and no one's going to stop us. This is the Voices of the West. I want to hear the wind blow over my campfire, brushing the smoke away. Roll in my blanket there by the campfire, waiting the break of day. I We're back on Able Francie's Voices of the West. <laughs> Harry Alexander, Bunker to Francie, Todd Roberts with you. A little bit of Johnny Bond. Smoke away from Johnny Bond there. Uh, Open range, and uh, the cut that you heard before that was uh, the great Charlie King talking about cleaning up the town. Yeah, and he's as a bad guy. <laughs> oh, I thought he had a maid service. No, no, oh. no, no. Charlie King's Charlie. maid service. <laughs> yeah, right. His, yeah, his <laughs> men for housemaids <laughs> and henchmen housekeepers. Oh, for God's sake! Oh, that's scary. We're going all over the place here. Uh, today it's open range, and so Bunker's going to talk about silent movies. Yeah, well, that, that little last blurb kind of reminded us. We talked about it earlier, but uh, the first. Silent films, because there was stuff stuff before this, you mm-hmm. know, and all of them early on really were actuality films. It was they set a camera up and actually filmed something that was happening at and that it, time, yeah, and that was it. That was it. And there was no scripts, no and stuff story like that. Mm-hmm. And the first uh, first year that's really considered is 1894, and we, like I said, we talked about this before. The films were Annie Oakley, Bucking Bronco. These were all uh, Edison films, Buffalo Bill, Buffalo Dance, Lasso Thrower, Mexican Knife Duel, mm-hmm. Sioux Ghost Dance. Mm-hmm. And I've seen all of those. Mm-hmm. And now most of them run under a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah. But uh, they're really interesting. Huh? And you can find them at internetarchive.org mm-hmm. is where you can find all of these films. It's real easy, folks. Just type in silent movies yeah. and uh, or silent Western movies, and these things will come up. And also, you can just you can just type in the name of the movie, yeah. uh, Library of Congress. Yep. And I will say this: most of the Library of Congress, the, the quality isn't that great. But if you just type in the film, 
generally there'll be maybe a half a dozen different but yeah. and you search around and you'll yeah. find a, some really pristine copies sometimes. yes yes and it's just just to give you an example this is from the annie oakley and that was shot in november it was released in november 1st 1894 uh it was uh, 21 seconds long black and white silence uh, it was produced and distributed by edison the yeah, for the nickelodeons yeah yeah well, they were on paper, actually. They were on paper. Oh, okay. And then they had to be trans... The ones we're looking at now have been transferred to film. Gotcha. Uh, the director-producer was William K.L. Dickinson, uncredited, and the cameraman was William Heise, H-E-I-S-E, and these guys were pioneers. Mm -hmm. They developed a lot of... As they were doing this stuff, they were actually improving the cameras, improving the techniques. Well, like the, like the French brothers. Oh, the Lemires. Lemires, uh -huh. and same thing, yeah. And, okay, now this is... <laughs> they actually have a cast list for this. Wow! Uh, Annie Oakley. <laughs> Annie Oakley, self, playing by herself, yeah. and Francis E. Butler, that was her husband, right? Mm -hmm. And he's, he's the guy throwing the stuff up in the uh -huh. air so she can shoot it. Yep. And they shot it in New Jersey at the Back Maria Studio in West Orange. Uh, and that and was eight, 1894. 1894, and she was she was billed as the little sure shot of the Wild West exhibition of rifle shooting, and that's that's kind of there. That is just so cool. Yeah, I've got a whole bunch of stuff. Well, and and. And Swimming Bull uh, said she was the greatest shot he ever saw. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he he nicknamed her Little Sure Shot. Yes, he did. And she loved him, uh, loved him like a brother. Hmm. And he thought she was just the sweetest, cutest thing. And the fact that she could shoot uh, the eye out of a bird at uh, 40 feet. Mm -hmm. uh, was just to him the most remarkable thing he ever saw. And with the eye closed at that. <laughs> yeah. And let's see what else we got. Okay, let's move on up to 1895. There was only two two films that year. Now I, I, I'm I'm guessing actually that there, there were probably more that because of the titling or stuff you didn't you wouldn't know it because mm -hmm. when I went through I went through literally I went through 1,000 films for 1887. Jesus. Looking, you know, looking through the titles wow. and stuff. And I can't remember, I talked about some of the stuff. That yeah, yeah. It was like a, a shot of cattle loading in, right. in Chicago, you know, in the stockyards. Uh, there's another one, they're uh, loading a horse on a on a, a freighter. Another one, they're loading a cargo to go up to uh, Alaska. It's all, you know, it's just, you know, it's like, oh, that's interesting. Let's film it. And, you know, I, I don't know for sure, but my supposition is why these things were filled is because it showed the action, mm -hmm. and the action was something that was not being seen, exactly. in, obviously in a still photograph, right? And because movie making was so new, there was tons of action with some of these things, and that's why they uh, went and filmed the, the, them. The, the train films, oh yeah, you know they did all over the world. Yeah, you know they the, the French were making train films before we were. Yeah, you know, and but everybody was doing it. Uh, in uh, 1895, they did one of it was called a frontier scene, aka lynching scene. Uh oh! It was that, that they actually they filmed the lynching, and I think that's one of the lost films. I'm, I'm trying because I, I don't remember seeing anything or that. And then the Indian scalping scene. How how do you suppose they did the special effects uh, with uh, the, uh, hanging back then? Uh, 
they found a lynch mob <laughs> basically you know because you know that's that's the funny thing is if, if you go and you look in the archives uh especially down in the south yeah uh you find literally hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of photographs of lynchings okay. i mean they, they you know that was the whole community would come out for it that was nasty it was wrong but that that was it's like you know. public executions in England. Yeah, and you know, and we forget, you know, here in the West, you know, we were, we had some pretty notorious lynchings. The Cattle Queen up in Montana. You know. Well, Fort Smith was uh, hang, hang, hanging central. Yeah, those were legal. Hanging central, uh, and I forget who the judge was that presided there. Isaiah yeah. Parker. Yeah, and uh, Isaac Parker. My God, I don't even know how many hangings there were, but. They, 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 it's like McDonald's. They run them in, and <laughs> they would do multiple hangings at yeah, one time. Yeah, they they had it rigged up because you know they had the the, the uh, trap, uh, the handle to do it, and it was like O rings. You'd pull the O ring. They would put like a single tree under there mm-hmm. so that they could pull all of them at once. Mm-hmm. So that it, mm-hmm. it, was, it was production. And the biggest mass hanging of all time was up in Wisconsin uh, after one of the Sioux uprisings up there. Uh, initially, they were going to hang, I think, like 27. They were going to hang about like 100 of them. Then they got it down to 27. And then uh, Lincoln commuted uh, uh, another 10 or so. But it was still the largest mass hanging Jeez. of all time. Wow. Except for me for what the Russians did over during communism. So what else did you find out with silent movies? Bunker? Well, let's go to this. Okay, now we skip a couple of years and go up to 1899. And... We've got kidnapping by Indians. That's the English one we've seen, mm-hmm. and it's kind of silly. But it's but you know you look at it and you can see they're they're trying to tell a story with that one, and then uh, Cripple Creek barroom scene, which is considered one. the first narrative. Yeah, I've seen that one. That was that's yeah. incredible. Oh, it is, and it, 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 I watched it three times. Yeah. Right, <laughs> and, you know, it, it's funny. The guy, you know, you got the barmaid, which is a guy in a dress, but it's, it, it, this is not being tranny. This no. is just, this is just there. We got a guy, big guy. We got a big dress, yeah. and we, we come get, here, and, you. And, you know, it's kind of disrespectful for a woman to right. act. You know, right, right. she can, she can be real woman, but she can't act. Yeah. So, you know, and they got the guy that comes in, he's all tipsy, he has a drink, goes out, and there's a guy that's sleeping it off by the door with a top hat, and he knocks it up in the air, and then everybody gets rowdy, and they throw him out, and then the, and then the drinks are on the house. I mean, that's, it's sterling stuff. Sterling. And Academy st- Award winning material. Hey, they still, you still see that in some of the old movies well, yeah. right up today. You that's know? true. Yeah. And uh, then, okay, also, this was also por- uh, poker at Dawson City, mm-hmm. which was a poker game. And then a buff from a tenderfoot. And this is a this is a because again this is a narrative. You got this guy. He's a tenderfoot. He comes in in the bunkhouse and they're like, you know, giving him a hard time. And he get they get to the card game and and he wins. And of course the cowboys don't like it. So they, there's a little tussle. He ends up with a gun and all the cowboys are like out of there. And he's like, then he gets a little light in the moccasins with them. <laughs> like, and then we skip when we skip up to 1901. I like this. I like the title of this one. Stagecoach Hold Up in the Days of 49. Hmm. I haven't seen that one. I want to see that. I don't I don't think that one's still around. Yeah, that sounds, sounds like a lost years, one. 1903. 
and this is this is this title fascinates me. Alphonse and Gaston, number three. <laughs> and then you got the cowboy and the lady, huh? the great train robbery, uh-huh. which we well, I think everybody's seen that uh-huh. one. Kit Carson, which was a, a which was a narrative like more like a train robbery than uh-huh. others. The pioneers. Prairie immigrant train crossing the plains. I've seen that one. It's just a bunch of wagons yep. traveling. Uh, and then that stage hold up. And then Western Card Game. Hmm. Yeah, some of them are. Want to right. more of this? Or? Well, I thought we might go ahead and take a break here, okay, commercial we'll break. break. Up, yeah. And uh, when we come back. Um, I can go into some of the real ones. Well, too. I promised to be to see oh, yes. a couple of those. So I wanted that. We'll, Rip some of those out. We'll be right back. Can you even imagine switching back to pen and paper to run your business? Every year, we become more and more dependent upon our technology. If your network is not set up properly, you're just one click or one email away from losing data critical to your operation. Arizona Computer Guru offers a host of services to prevent and protect you from disaster. From online backup services to email filtering to fully managed network services, Arizona Computer Guru is here to keep your network secure, your data safe, and your budget in the black. To schedule your free consultation, call 304-8300. The Tucson Trap Ski Club dates from 1948 and is now at 7800 West Old Ajo Highway. The club owns 80 acres and leases 300 more from Pima County that supports 50 trap fields, 15 skeet fields, two five-stand fields, two sporting plays courses with 12 stations each, a 9,000-square-foot clubhouse, 200 full-service RV hookups for members, and free Wi-Fi. This expansive facility gives enough room to host major national and international events annually, bringing thousands of people to the community. Check it out at TucsonTrapAndSkeet.com. You've got some cattle you want rustled but don't have enough henchmen of your own to do the job little lady up the road a piece won't strike a deal with you about water rights you out there come one step near and old bess here'll spit right in your eye so you need to strike your own deal but you need the right henchman to do the job the stage is hauling a wells fargo box loaded with gold you've got the perfect spot to liberate that gold but like henchmen to pull off the job what to do you better start packing a handgun Call Red a Hench. We're a bad guy rental agency. We provide you with enough scrappy henchmen to tackle any job with specific directions. Just listen to what Red a Hench users have to say. Well, you know, when I joined Red a Hench, I was trained by Bud Osborne, Charlie King, and some of the best head henches there ever was. And I'm going to guarantee you that you cannot hench without the proper henches around you. And that's just a gentle hench. When you need sheer numbers of henchmen, call us. We specialize in stage holdups, water right disputes, squatter troubles, cattle rustling, and much more. Our rent henchmen may not be able to think their way out of a paper bag, but they sure can follow directions, and they won't sing to the law about you if they get caught. See our ad in the Saturday Evening Post or Harper's Weekly. Hey, not only that, when you're in the Long Branch and you want to go next door to Doc's to get that bullet out of your shoulder, get a rent hench to sit there on your place and keep your whiskey warm while you're gone. Rent a hench, when you need bad guys to do bad guy stuff so you can keep your hands clean. You let me do the work. Hi, I'm Wyatt McRae, grandson of Joel McRae, and you're listening to Voices of the West. We're back on Amo 
Francie's Voices of the West, Harry Alexander Bunker to France, Todd Roberts with you, streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch. By golly. <laughs> and uh, today's... Puddles of sweat. Yeah, I know. Today's topic is, uh, oh, it's open range. A little bit of this, a little bit of that. And open mind. Maybe a little bit of the other thing. I don't know. Um, trying flies. to manage the flies here. And, you know... That's and, what you get when you got horses. You know, I understand that. It comes with the horse. I understand that. I don't have a problem with it. I just have a problem with the flies. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, Bunker wanted me to uh, pull out a couple of bees to see. And bees to see, it was a column that I did uh, when... It was uh, great. <laughs> great <laughs> when, column. I when, loved it. I miss it. When, we did, uh, when I did the newsletter, uh, which no longer happens because MailChimp was... Was a chump. They, they were a chump, and, and so that's why we don't have them. We, we don't have anymore. any luck with chimps and chumps and you know, YouTubes and I just may, I know. I just may have to uh, redo the website and put all this stuff up on the website on a regular basis. But then, well, it's a anyway. lot of work. Yeah, I know. Put something extra in my envelope, right? Yeah, double. <laughs> double your check. Anyway, B is to C. Uh, let me preface it by saying that uh, my wife and I are huge B Western fans. We have over 600 westerns in our that we have seen as couples, as a couple. Um, bunches of others that we have seen without each other. Um, but this shocking. one here, I know, shocking. But this happens when I go on vacation. She watches, and when I go on vacation, I watch or whatever. And sometimes I even get to come over. Sometimes, often. sometimes, but not very often. Well, you not know, often enough. Not often enough. We'll we'll work on that. Anyway, I, this is one of one. This movie, I think, is uh, it, it is one of my favorites, and uh, I think once you watch it, it'll become one of your favorites. It's called Roaring Six Guns. It's a 1937 film from Con Pictures Corporation that stars Kermit Maynard. He's the brother to cowboy star Ken Maynard. Now, the basic plot is a greedy cattle rancher. George Ringgold, who is uh, played by uh, Sam Flint, plays that, uh, wants all of the ranches in the area to be under his control, including the spread and land leases that Maynard's character, Buck Sinclair, owns. So Ringgold and his partner, love this name, Mile Away Roberts. Oh, a great name. By, and uh, doing the uh, role is... Uh, good bad guy, uh, John Merton. Uh, he wants those land leases from the federal government because the land they have will no longer support their cattle. So what do you do? You go take somebody else's. You steal somebody else's land. That's right. So the partner, Roberts, is uh, so named Mile Away because he likes to be a mile away from all the trouble. Yeah, smart man. <laughs> smart man is right. And to further complicate the issue, Ringgold wants his daughter, Beth, played by Mary Hayes, to marry Roberts. She's more attached, uh, or attracted, rather, to uh, Sinclair, though. All right, Sinclair's leases are up, and Ringgold and Roberts want them. The bad guys pressured the bank to withhold monies so Sinclair can get the leased lands. Area rancher Wildcat Roper, Bud Buster, comes to Sinclair's aid and loans him the money to get the leases. Ringgold and Roberts have uh, Roper taken care of, it's in quotes, oh. and then import a gunman, Sundown, played by Earl Hodgins, oh, if you can imagine that, uh, to eliminate Sinclair, only it doesn't work out that way. The movie is action-packed, 
just as other Kermit Maynard movies are, uh, and this one is from Con Pictures as well. So it's like it, how I wrote this up. It's like when stuntmen get together to make a movie without the big time stars. Mm-hmm. Note that some of the writing tricks that Maynard does while he's uh, wooing Ringgold's daughter Beth. Uh, Maynard was a trick rider, and many say he was a much better horseman than his brother Ken. That is true, they do, and I, I am in that crowd. Also appearing in this film is Ed Cassidy, not Hopalong, uh, as the land commissioner, uh, Curly Dresden as uh, Henchman Slug, <laughs> Slim Whitaker as Henchman Skeeter. Good man, old time real <laughs> cowboy. Art Felix is a henchman. And so, you know, when you got henchmen with names like Slug, Skeeter, you know it's got to be good, oh, right? Yeah. It's directed by Australian-born J.P. McGowan, who did a number of silent movies. And he also served as the executive secretary of the Screen Directors Guild, which later became the Directors Guild of America. He had hundreds of credits. He does. And uh, you can find this one on the YouTube and really find it and enjoy it. You will. You will enjoy it. it I guarantee it, It's that. a popcorn movie. It is. It is. It, it really is. Uh, and, a, and a box of jujubes. Yeah, that, that that's always a possibility. Too. Raisinets. Raisinets. <laughs> so that that's one. Uh, shall I do another? Do another one. Okay. Uh, this is one that we watched last night. Um, Billy the Kid's Fighting Pals. Um, it stars Bob Steele, Al St. John, Phyllis Adair, Carlton Young. Um the studios made, I think, four Billy the Kid movies that starred Bob Steele. And uh, this one, it says on IMDb that it was released in 1941, but that is incorrect because the, this film was actually released in 1932 or three, I believe. Uh, it's directed by trust I know it's uh, directed by Sam uh, Newfeld, otherwise known as Sigmund. Uh, Newfeld and, and spelled all kinds of different ways. He changed his name up a lot. Yeah, uh, Charlie King is in it. Uh, you know, uh, he's he's a good henchman there. Uh, yeah, I think so. George Chesabro is in there too. He plays a sheriff. Bud Buster's in it. Uh, Jack Evans, Jad, George Morrell, Milburn Morante. These are all guys and gals that we see in a lot of the B movies and. Uh, yeah, so basic storyline is that uh, riding toward paradise, Steel, Fuzzy, and Jeff, who is Carlton Young, uh, witnessed the murder of Marshall Mason, uh, played by Stanley Price. Uh, Fuzzy rides into town posing as the dead lawman and learns the town is being ruled by a gang, supposedly headed by Burke, Curly Dresden, but in reality uh, is bossed by a leading businessman in paradise. I won't tell you Just who. Just like today. You think? The trio is set to put an end to lawlessness, but Anne Hardy, played by uh, as, uh, Phyllis Adair, uh, she's the ward of the town banker Hardy, Edward Peel Jr., or Sr., uh, keeps putting all kinds of obstacles in their path oh. for reasons of her own. And she decides she's going to be a bad girl, but then later on she decides she's going to be a, a good girl. Uh, and they're aided in the task by Lopez, uh, Julian Rivero, member of the Mexico Secret Service, posing as a bartender. Great scene in there. Oh, gosh. In there where uh, Bob Steele comes into uh, uh, into the bar and he goes up to the bar and uh, says to Lopez, he says, Are you Lopez? Lopez looks at him for a moment and says, mm, Maybe yes. 
maybe no. <laughs> Steel says, that's all I needed. <laughs> <laughs> it was good. Uh, and then uh, the other scene, uh, Bob Steele and uh, Charlie King get into one heck of a Donnybrook broken chairs and tables all over the place. Oh, the Meantime, Steele is dictating a bill of sale to Lopez, who's writing it all down uh, at the bar yeah. while he's punching Charlie all over the place. <laughs> and every t- he gets down on the ground and uh, Steele falls down, you know, gets hit by Charlie and has to clear his head a minute and before he can start dictating again. And one of the guys in uh, one of the uh, townspeople says to Fuzzy, who's the marshal, says, aren't you going to break that up? Fuzzy turns to him and says, never interrupt a man dictating. (laughs) (laughs) So that's available on the YouTube, Billy the Kid Fighting Pals. And uh, Billy the Kid's Fighting Pals. Carlton Young uh, plays a great Jeff. God, what a great voice this man had. Yeah. Uh, And uh, he he was English, I think. Yeah, he was English. And uh, worked in radio. Uh, yeah, so good stuff, man. Yeah, good bees. Awesome. Thank good you. Good bees. There's okay. many. There's buttloads more to see. Trust well, me. Yeah, you know, it's like we, silence to see. Yeah, exactly. And speaking of silence to see, I want to mention a couple of them right here, real quick. Uh, Arizona Bound, 1927. It's a lost film. It was with Gary Cooper, Betty Jewell, and Ed Grendel. So I, I would say. Don't go out and find it. No. Or if you do find it, share it because it's lost. Todd Roberts, how does one go about finding lost films? Is there any anything anybody in Hollywood that might be able to help? Martin Scorsese. Well, um, <laughs> the the first the first thing I would do would be go to the uh, Academy of Motion Pictures Arts and Sciences uh, headquarters. Okay. And then second of all, um, I would go to the Academy's Library, which is on La Cienega and Olympic, mm-hmm. uh, and it's an old—it's a beautiful old temple, Jewish temple, Hebrew temple, which was converted. They bought it and converted it into the library. Mm-hmm. And then the last place I would go would be to the new Academy Museum, which is the 1939 May Company building, uh, vintage Art Deco of Los Angeles that has been converted into the Academy Museum. It's on the corner of Wilshire and Fairfax, across the street from the Peterson Automotive Museum, uh, which is uh, two great things to do in one day. Oh, for sure. Uh, you know, and you also, by the way, north of those two, you have Molly Malone's Irish Pub, and south of it, you have Tom Bergen's uh, uh, Steaks and Chops House of Irish Coffee. So uh, you've got plenty to eat, plenty to drink, and plenty to see. Didn't we have a, uh, a quaffa brew at Molly Malone's? Yes, we had a quaffa brew at Molly L- I Malone's. I thought so. <laughs> and uh, yes, it's uh, back then. Uh, Tom Bergen's, which had been opened, I think, in '32, uh, by uh, Bing Crosby, Pat O'Brien, and Tom Bergen himself, mm. was closed for a small period of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Molly Malone stayed open, and uh, it's just a, it's a great Irish pub. Yes. It's a great bar, uh, and you can get a nice cold beer there. And, 
you know, the, one of the most beautiful things about uh, Molly Malone's is it's an Irish pub where you not necessarily can go, will go into and expect to be insulted by an Irishman, <laughs> which most of your Irish pubs in L.A., that, that can be the case, or an Englishman if it's an English pub. Higher than 32 in the valley, my favorite uh, well, the fox, you know, the fox and the fox and hounds, uh, of course, in the valley. Uh, Idle Hour uh, on Cuenca, which used to be El Cano, uh, which originally was a, a, a whiskey barrel themed restaurant, huh. a bar, and it's back now. Which one were you mentioning, Bunker? Ireland 32, which is between uh, North Hollywood, located in North Hollywood, between North Hollywood and Tarzana. It was one of the oldest ones there, and it was an IRA bar. Ooh. And it was so fun because... I Ireland 32. Yeah. I don't know if it's still there or not. Well, let's look it up because I'm always looking for a place to, <laughs> to I would, you know... I used to go all there right. all the time. There was a guy there named Patty, of course. Of course. And he was kind of the local IRA guy. Mm -hmm. And generally around 10 o'clock at night, they would pass the hat. No, for collections, yeah. yeah. And I, you know, it, it's so funny because I'm I, I was in there all the time, especially on weekends. And he come up and he was talking to me, you know. And went, he goes off, and the bartender goes, oh, and I always had an Irish accent when I was there. I don't know. <laughs> after a couple of minutes, everybody has one. But he'd go, ah, he said, oh, Patty likes you. <laughs> and I said, huh? That, that's nice. <laughs> he says, no, you know, no, Patty likes you. And I said, well. What do you mean? He says, Patty's the bagman for the IRA out here, and he likes you. He thinks he thinks you're a good bloke. Yeah, you can start working for him, too. All right, we're going to take our final commercial break here on Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Harry Alexander, Bunker de France, Todd Roberts with you, streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch. We'll be right back. Arizona, the land of cattle, copper, and cowboys. It's also the true west where a large number of westerns were filmed. For your next vacation, come out to where Wyatt Earp made a name for himself as a highly respected sheriff. Stay where Jimmy Stewart filmed Winchester 73. That would be the White Stallion Ranch. Situated in the mountains just northwest of Tucson, the White Stallion Ranch is an award-winning dude ranch with 43 guest rooms and the hacienda. That's a five-bedroom, three-bathroom home, perfect for larger families, family reunions, and girlfriend getaways. Every guest room has a private patio with views of the cactus gardens, mountains, or corrals. Generous floor plans offer sunny, comfortable rooms, but you won't want to stay in your room. Outdoor activities are plentiful at the White Stallion Ranch. Horseback riding, hiking, shooting, archery, rock climbing, e-biking, and a weekly ranch rodeo are among the numerous activities that you'll enjoy on your ranch vacation. Go Western for your next getaway. The White Stallion Ranch. Book your vacation now online at whitestallionranch.com or call 520-297-0252. Are you looking for a smart way to invest your hard-earned dollars? Look no further than Wilkinson Wealth Management. This is an investment firm that works for you based on your expectations, not what the stock market says. This is a firm that wants you as a client, not just as a customer. This is a firm that lets you design a portfolio for when you need it. It's a new name, but the same great service you've come to expect. I, Miss Wilkinson, is now Wilkinson Wealth Management. 7411 East Tank Verde in Tucson, 520 777 1911 
11. Read classic Western comics anytime at voicesofthewest.net. Hello, I'm Mr. Red. No doubt you've heard about rescue groups for dogs and cats. But did you know there's a rescue group for horses? That's right, it's called Horse It Around Rescue. Founders Steve Boyce and Teresa Worrell are helping out all those equine victims of neglect and cruelty by giving them a place to restore their health and wellness. And Horse It Around provides a nurturing and natural environment where horses can be horses, so they can be adopted out into forever homes. More than 120 horses, mules, and donkeys have been adopted out, but like everything else, it costs money to run the project. Horse It Around is a 501c3 nonprofit located in southeast Arizona. Your tax-deductible donations to Horse It Around will go a long way so those horses can be horses. Check out the website, horseitaroundrescue.org. Make a difference in a horse's life. That's horseitaroundrescue.org. All right, listeners, you like Westerns, right? You're to... I mean, you do listen to this program. So you want a chance to tell the rest of the world which Westerns you think are the best? I'm always ready to back up whatever I say. Here's how. Email us your picks for your top five Westerns. Tell us why you think those five are the best cowboy movies. You got any more you want to say on the subject? Each month, we'll pick one entry and offer you the chance to talk about your choices as a guest on our live stream and resulting podcast of the Voices of the West program. Pretty simple, right? We want to hear from you. Well, we have our men scouring the valley. Email your list to bestwesterns, voicesofthewest at gmail.com. I guess that's all we need to hear. What did this fellow Mason do to cause all this trouble? He tried to clean up the town, but he didn't have enough in back of him when his bluff was called. In other words, he wasn't a big enough man to finish what he started. Old Colonel Colt makes them all the same size. If you know how to use him. This is the Voices of the West. All right, welcome back to Abel Francis, Voices of the West. Harry Alexander Bunker to France, Todd Roberts with you. Uh, Pat Buttram there and the Sons of the Pioneers and uh, those Biscuit Blues. Biscuits what killed them. <laughs> Reckon so. Open range is the topic. No topic for old men, whatever the hell you want to call it. We ha- don't have a specific thing that we're talking about except the old west. Yeah, just, to, just the blathering of our brains. What is it? What is it per, per, la- per, per So let me just oh, say, Bunker, oh. that Island... <laughs> Island 32 is still in business. Awesome. And uh, Nola and I will be going there shortly, and I will do my very best to insult someone and get thrown out. And when Bunker comes with, we'll all go there. Uh, We are going there. We're definitely going there. I'll I'll tell you, that that is a bar where they, or was was a bar where they definitely would throw you out. Well, I've been thrown out of a lot of bars before. Yeah. Yeah, I always liked the bar. Oh, I, I never see. got to go there because it closed before I was born. But ah. there was a famous bar down in San Pedro, uh, where all the uh, the sailors and the merchant marines used to go, called Shanghai Reds. <laughs> and Shanghai Reds 
uh, had the unique distinction of having only female bouncers. <laughs> and uh, they threw more guys out of that bar than uh, they served drinks. And uh, uh, it was one of Ralph's story. If you remember Ralph's story, the great TV personality mm, here yes, in L.A., newsman yes. and so on, yes. commentator. He, oh, he when, after he retired from CBS News, he did a show called Things That Aren't Here Anymore. Mm -hmm. And he would always talk, uh, inevitably, when he would get on to that, he'd talk about Shanghai Reds, and he always had a big smile on his face. Mm, he must and, have been uh, yeah, and Nola and I went down there one day and drove around trying to find, knowing that it's not there anymore, but maybe we'd find the building. We didn't find it, but we found some really nice, dirty, seedy dark bars. <laughs> well, in Bisbee, in Bisbee, they have St. Elmo's, which is on the Brewery Gulch, and uh, I don't know how many people have been thrown out of St. Elmo's, but I'm proud to say I'm one. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the bar that uh, Todd's talking about, that was that was one of the bars where the Shore Patrol went to, not went in. Yeah. yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's right. That That's is right. so good. So oh, just yeah. as uh, the title of our show is uh, uh, Open Range, uh, for those of you who like the film Open Range, you, there's good news coming yeah. out of Hollywood. Yeah. Kevin Costner has completed the first of four Westerns. Yeah. Um, the, it is in the can, and uh, this will be his last season on... Yellowstone, uh -huh. and he is pursuing to make the other three. And as he said when he won his award last year, or earlier this year, that you know, uh, in his acceptance speech, he said, "What inspired me was a film that I saw as a young boy called How the West Was Won." Huh. And he's going to try to make uh, four films now uh, that are inspired by his the inspiration that he got from that film as a young boy, which was at the Cinerama Dome, that'll if be, you can imagine. That'll be interesting to see what uh, how, how he, how he uh, and, interprets that. And just a footnote, I saw some clips from Killing of the Flower Moon. Flower Moon. They look great. Yeah. Yes, yes, uh, absolutely. It's... Uh, it's uh, good fellas in Oklahoma Indian Territory, uh, <laughs> yeah. and uh, uh, if the you if, if, now, yeah. Uh, if, well, yeah, and let's remember the FBI story with Jimmy Stewart mm -hmm. uh, has a whole section on this subject in that film. Yeah, uh, he gets sent down there by the Justice Department and. Uh, trying to figure out what's going on, and that's what uh, happens. Another great film uh, that talks about this subject is a film with Sam Elliott Oh, You Bill. Know My Name, yeah, The Story a, of Bill Tillman. What yes. a movie. And that wow, is that's... also of this this ilk of this period. Nice. And uh, it was, you know, people always talk about the Wild Wild West. Well, mm -hmm. there was another Wild Wild West there in the 20s. You know, what's great about sure. that movie, too, is Bill Tillman, it's this, the scenes there, where he's showing his movie that he made. Yeah. You know, Interesting. Yeah. People, yeah it's, All right. It's, 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 cool. A, it's a wonderful movie. All right, I guess that rec I reckon that's about it for this edition here of Emil Franzi's Voices of the West. Uh, next week we will be with you, and uh, 
probably have the same topic because we, we don't have anything scheduled. We haven't exhausted it yet. No, we haven't exhausted it yet. And uh, in two weeks, uh, we got uh, Bobby Carradine hey. on the program, so looking forward to that yeah. uh, big time. Yes. And, um, I got to meet him when we did the TV West Fest here. Yeah. He's a really decent guy. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking forward to that uh, uh, that talk with uh, with Mr. Carradine. Actually, I don't want to talk to him. I want to talk about his dad, John Carradine. <laughs> I'm sorry, Bobby. I'm sorry, but I love your dad. Yeah, I hear you. All right. Uh, I reckon that's about it. Again, like I said, Harry Alexander, Bunker to France, Todd Roberts with you here on Amo Frenzy's Voices of the West, streaming live from the White Stallion Ranch. 78, 79, 80 open the minds, Jones. <laughs> So long, everybody. Thanks for listening to Emil Franzing's Voices of the West.